1: This is TalkSport Daily.
2: Hello and welcome to another TalkSport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. Yes, that fella off the radio with the magnificent air. And yes, it is all free. And no, I still haven't got a shampoo ad yet. I don't know why. It's about to happen sooner or later. Anyway, thank you for downloading this podcast. It's a humdinger of a podcast, even if I do say so myself. But we begin with a serious subject, actually, and rightly so. This is Paul Parker. Talking about players coming off social media for obvious reasons.
3: A lot of players are not going to do it because financially they make a lot of money out of it. It gives them, it gives them, you know, awareness. It it gets them out there, and they, a lot of them can't maybe don't well, don't want to get off of it because of what goes with it as well. But you know, if you put in so much, you're going to get something back, and and, and a lot of people, a lot of players are getting the worst kind of things back, and. Obviously, that is people on there for one reason and one reason only, to actually just abuse.
4: Paul, do you, um, if you were a manager now, and your players were were doing social media, you know, the, the, there's all different sort of characters in the dressing room area. You've got you, mentally strong characters, you've got sensitive characters. Um, it'd be a, a little bit of a worry if it's a,
5: a sensitive uh, character, and he's getting hammered on so, social media it can always affect his next game, and his confidence.
3: Yeah, I mean, that, that is all about the individual, and I don't know what Paul is like as a person. You, you look at him in the way he conducts himself; if he comes across with his strong person and nothing phases him. But maybe inside he's he's not that strong and it might just go into his next game and and go beyond that. At this given time, Manchester United can't afford that. Mm-hmm. They need him right because they want to try and get even... They want to get more out of him. I mean, I, just, I still find it hard, really, is that managers, in some ways, can't say to players, they don't want them on there. Yeah. I just find that... Why can't managers say, right, I'm s- we're signing you, but this deal? That, but in that deal as well, you cannot be involved on any social, social media platform. Why can't something like that? Yeah. Someone's well, got to tell me some reason why it can't.
2: That was, of course, on the Alan Brazil Breakfast Show, as was Bobby Barnes from the PFA. He was talking about social media and the fact that some companies have to do more to protect people using their product.
6: The social media company can quite comfortably target market you. They can use different methods to make sure that they tap into your preferences. Why can't they put the filters in place to make sure that when this sort of filth does come online we can actually make sure that it comes down as quickly as it's gone up. I mean, to be honest, I don't think any of us were hugely surprised with uh, what happened to Paul Pogba. I, I don't think it would have been a huge step for the social media companies to have, been a little bit alert, looked at this and said, look, as soon as we see this, let's get this down. I think we have to start identifying those who are behind the keyboard. It seems that you sit at your computer and you can actually say whatever you like with impunity. And, you know, we're actually in dialogue with all of the social media companies at the moment. And the message that we are really sending is that it's all very well saying, well, yes, we'll take it down eventually. But not only do we want this sort of field taken down, we want active attempts to prosecute and we want to also make sure that those sites that it emanates from are permanently closed down.
2: This is the former England fast bowler Matthew Hoggard or Hoggy or Matty or MH to his mates or the Hogster on Joffre Archer or Jeffrey, or Jezza. Yeah, you get the idea.
7: You look at your fast bowler, your your strike bowler to come in and bowl short, sharp spells. But if you look at what he bowled, ninety six miles an hour all the time. In the, in his twentieth, twenty fourth, it mm. it, it, was, it wasn't the fact that he was slowing down. He was still putting it in. And on your debut, you want to bowl. But you have to be careful. You have to be careful of your commodity. You have to be careful of of the wear and tear that fast bowling does take on the body. And I'm sure England are very aware of that. Arch will be very aware of that as well. So it will be a case of making sure that you use use him wisely and making sure that he's fit and ready to go for as many games as possible.
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Trevor Bayliss, though, I'm not sure this is a great idea when he's... It sort of indicates, and maybe this is one of the reasons he's leaving, but, you know, to talk about Jason Roy and say, oh, I don't think he's an opener, you think, well, all right, maybe he isn't, but I'm not sure he's going to thank you for it, I'm not sure the selectors are going to thank you for it, they've picked him him as an opener, and you've got to get behind him as an opener. It does
3: seem to be maybe a bit of a difference of opinion looking at it from a distance between Ed Smith, the Chief of Selectors, and Trevor Bayliss, and Ed Smith has champion Denley, but you could make a case for Denley uh, going in as an opener couldn't you moving Roy to four even if Root stays at three I mean what do you think
7: you can make a case of of doing anything with with, with that bat (laughs) in order I think I think what what we've seen is Burns has has looked good, and he has done exactly what he he started to do in Sri Lanka. He's come in, uh, and he and he's occupied the crease. Um, I think it's very tricky and very tough on Jason Roy. He hasn't done it at County Cricket. He doesn't open in County Cricket. He doesn't do it for Surrey. To come in and learn how to open the batting against a fantastic Australian test uh, Test attack in all the media and all the full sight of everybody else to try to learn to do it in an Ashes series is a massive ask. Um, but you can't blame Jason Roy. You can't then say, right, then he's we, we, we we need to put him down the order. Give him a full series. Um, Give him the rest of the series, yes. But if you put Denley up there, you're now not solving the problem. You're creating another problem. Denley doesn't do it for for Kent. He, He doesn't do it. We haven't got another opening batter in the side. So, whatever you're doing it is a stopgap or it's a let's fingers crossed and hope somebody can do it at the, the top of the order. We, we've had best or bad at three and he scored runs at three, but now he's got the gloves and he's batting down at seven. We've got Josh Butler. There's so many different connotations you can do with that batting lineup that everybody's going to have a different opinion on it. And I think the best thing that you can do is saying, right, then these are the positions for the summer. And these are the positions you will be batting in. Um, because if you don't know whether you're opening or batting at seven one day to the next, it, it's almost impossible to do.
2: On to Talk Sport 2 now, the sort of sister station. Well, it's not really a sister station, I'd say it's more of a sort of a, a, a niecey. we sta- Well, not really niece, it's more of your cousin that you don't really see that often, but you go to your, your mum and dad's on Christmas Day and they turn up and you go, who's that over there? And they go, that's your niece. And you go, oh yeah, I forgot about her. Anyway, that's Talk Sport 2 to us. This is Steve Harmison talking about the third Ashes Test.
8: I think the key factor is to win the toss and and, and get runs on the board. I think it's it's massive. It's massive. You look through the, the runs that are scored so far in this Test match series. And you, when you talk about before the Test series started, you said, right, what's the key battles? Well, the key battles were England's top order, can the fire? Well, one of them has. Burns has, he's got 226 wicket, 226 runs so far, but the rest of them haven't. The big surprise is Root, he hasn't fired over that course. In the middle order for Australia, they've really struggled. Um, but I would have said it would have been the top order that would have been firing, but Warner the same, mentioned earlier on, four innings, he's got 18 runs, Bancroft's got 44 in four innings. They might make a change at the top. Bowling units, both of them, world-class, absolutely world-class. The baton, if England's baton can stand up, They've got a great chance of winning level in the series because the key man, 378 runs in three innings averaging, 126 is not playing.
2: Starting with cricket now, and Darren Goff was talking about his all-time Ashes XI, whatever that means.
4: I'm going up top, Michael Slater. Um, One of my first series, had some great battles with him. Uh, very good player, way ahead of his time. Liked to take um, the attack uh, to the bowlers, and he was hard, very difficult to bowl at uh, with a new ball. He used to attack you. So I would have to have him in. Okay. Michael Vaughan, his record against Australia is right up there. Um, fantastic player. He took on Glenn McGrath, find a way to play against him, um, and for that reason, he's in there. His cover drive was a pleasure to watch when he was in form. Yep, he might have nicked off a few times to the outswinger, but what a player Michael Vaughan was. That cover drive and that flick through the mid-wicket, absolutely fantastic, and that pull against McGrath that really threw him off his length. Three, Ricky Ponting. I don't have to say much about him, do I? I mean, what a player, one of the greatest, um, had all the shots. Suspect early on, again, had a plan to him, try and bowl him out, getting caught in the third Second, third slip area, playing at a wide one, which you probably shouldn't have, but what a player, mate. Honestly, it could take you apart. Four, gone for another English player, gone Graham Thorpe. There's a close one. I nearly went Mark War, but I went for Graham Thorpe. Really good dug-in. In a period where we were playing against the best team in the world, he found a way of playing Warne. He found a player of playing any uh, spinner we played against, um, any accumulated runs. Without hitting boundaries, Graham Thorpe would have to be in uh, that. Five, Alex Stewart. Everybody knows how I feel about him. Could play anywhere in the team. Good team man, and uh, I'd just have him in there. Could take away, take um, apart proper fast bowlers. Yes, he struggled a bit against Warren over the years, but now and again he came off against him and, and got big runs.
8: Is he a gloves man?
4: No, 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 no. Oh. no. Six Steve War. Um, he'd have to be captain. Unbelievable character. He's one of them who used to bowl it all the time and think I'm going to get him out any ball here. and then he that you look up and he got eight. He missed play and missed four times I think for two fours. He was uh, so frustrating, but what a competitor. Tough tough as nails. Seven Adam Gilchrist, who's the keeper. Um, best number seven ever. One of the most difficult batsmen I've ever bowled at for someone coming in at seven. Take the game away from, from any opposition. Um, if it was 50-50, just come in and smash 100. off at eight. Um, he's mainly in this side as a fast bowler. On his day, could bowl as quick as anyone. Huge competitor, and he saved his best performances for those two Ashes series in England, didn't he? There was his best two Test performances, really. Ashes in 2005, and the the, the last one he played was it two or nine?
8: Your batting's going deep here. I like it.
4: Oh yeah, Shane Warne at nine.
8: I'm it not even going to I'm not even going to
4: say anything about him. Um, no need to. Um, Andy Caddick at ten. Very difficult. Uh, good to have it at the other end. Um, when you're bowling is if they got anything in the pitch whatsoever he'd find it he tended to bowl better in the first innings of a game than the second because he needed a little bit of help from the pitch but he got that lovely shape out huge bounce and when he's full of confidence he was one of the best bowlers around but he just needed that confidence he just if he had my confidence he would have been unbelievable (laughs) and at 11 Glen McGrath Probably the greatest bowler Aussie, seam bowler Aussies have had. Many people will say uh, Dennis Lilly, but Glenn McGrath, what a record, what a bowler. Didn't possess great pace, but when you're six foot seven and you can hit the seam and move it both ways, you're going to get wickets and not bowl any bad balls, which you very rarely did. So there's the 11.
8: I like it. Is there anybody obvious missing? Are you going to get some grief?
4: Uh, I will get some uh, grief. There um, no Nasser? Okay. Um, there's no Nasser it, very difficult to get some of I tried to keep it pretty even I could easily have gone basically all the way through all Australians in there except probably for Flintoff who we'd have to put in there um, you got more Aussies than English I, I could have easily gone all Australia like I say I could have gone Mark Waugh um, could have gone Hayden could have gone Langer so many good players they've had Australia Gillespie were close to getting in there but I went for Caddick Carrick's a very underrated uh, bowler, and all around the world he put in some unbelievable spells. I remember one spell in South Africa, in Durban, flat pitch, he got seven. And I remember at um, SCG, I think he got seven as well. So, And here, had, he, Edinley, four in five, didn't he?
2: Back to the breakfast show now. And Big Alan Brazil was talking about the tale of his very short career as a player-manager at Witham Town. I'm guessing he left because he realised there was no bar there.
1: Mick the chicken farmer got sacked. (laughs) (laughs) And they gave me the job. One game, it was a belter, and it was Mm. a local derby. As we're building up to Arsenal Spurs, this was Witham Town against Braintree. It's Mm. a big game in those parts. Yeah, Mm. yeah. And we played in the cup. And a, a brain train. and were like three deep round the pitch. It was a big crowd. <laughs> but anyway, they took it really serious. And uh, uh, there was, a, as usual, the trains out of Liverpool Street, there was a problem. Mm. So we were missing two players, centre-back and a, a sort of wow. wide-winger guy. So we're two down after, like, ten minutes. I went, that's it, that's it. I'll go back, right? I'll go back, I'll be the centre-back, and I pushed my two full-backs, who were the two oldest full-backs in the league, <laughs> You're now wing-backs. They looked at me, you know, as if I was, you know, the the jaws opened and, the, the, yeah. you know, the false teeth fell out. They were yep. that old. And I said, you're now wing-backs, <laughs> right? And amazingly, just before half-time, we got a free kick and I knocked in the bottom car, 2-1. And then our players turned up for the second half and we won 3-2. So, bit hey. of a hero there.
2: And with the British Grand Prix coming up this weekend, we can head back now to Talk Sport 2 and Macca because he had the five-time World Motor GP champion, Mark Marquez, I mean, if your last name's Marquez, you've got a whole host of names to choose from rather than just repeat that syllable at the beginning. But anyway, he was on the show with the British writer, Cal Crutchlow. Too easy to make a joke about that. The attention is big and, and people want and expect a result. And I'll try and give it them no matter what. Um, that's just the way it is. You know, you have to give your 100%. I give my 100% for me. Um, but just as I said b- before, I appreciate the support and I'll, uh, I'll be giving my all this weekend. But it's a very busy weekend and uh, I always try my best. I try my best to see uh, as many people, fans and uh, people around the paddock as that, that, that I can. But I also concentrate on my job of, of uh, trying to win the race come Sunday.
5: Well, trying to win the race might be a bit of a problem, bearing in mind the man who's with us in the studio Five-time world champion A man who is currently first in the standings With 230 points And has had only one finish Outside of the top two places this year And that was a race you didn't finish in Austin uh, Mark Marquez Talk me through your form this year You've got to be just so happy with it
9: Yeah, I Of course, of course I uh... This year, at the moment, has been a perfect season. I mean, uh, we we are in a very good level. I understand uh, the bike. I mean, the, the feeling with the, on the on the racetrack is uh, is amazing, and uh, and this is the best way to to attack on on Sundays to to attack next Sunday that is here in Silverstone, and uh, and yeah, we are leading the championship. We are enjoying the our time, and uh, this is uh, the most important.
5: There's eight rounds to go. Last season, you got 321 points.
9: Can you beat that? Uh, we will try. We will try, and uh, and of course one of the most important things because on the past I was uh, very fast but uh, very inconsistent, and then uh, and uh, now with more experience, a uh, little bit older and uh, not much, twenty six years old. But <laughs> yeah, the old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. no, a little bit for the this, but uh, with more experience, I try to 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 work on that uh, consistency and. Uh, is the way to, to fight for the championships and uh, for that reason this year I finish always in the top two positions uh, just uh, one uh, one crash in Austin that uh, yeah I was out of the race but uh, but yeah, happy about uh, the rest
2: On to now of course the only reason, let's be fair, you lot actually download this podcast and that's to hear the best bits from Andy Goldstein Sports Bar Monday to Thursday from 10pm Have a listen
5: Wolves face-on-face the toughest (laughs) European clash yet when they take on Torino. This is away. It's live on TalkSport 2. And kickoff is 8pm. What can we expect, Kev? Uh, We can expect a very tight game, I think. Quite a tense (laughs) game. I think both of these clubs um, see this as far and away the the toughest test they've had in the qualifiers. I think there's quite a lot of mutual respect. Uh, Nuno Santo was talking about how well organised he expects Torino to be, and uh, Walter Mazzari's done a terrific job with them. Really, uh, he's he's built it on a very solid defence, and um, they're very strong at home. They're expecting a sellout crowd in Turin for that game, and what they've got is they've got a, a solid base, but also some some real quality in attack. They've still got Andrea Bellotti, who was linked with you know some of the the world's top clubs not that long ago. Um, and he's uh, looked good in qualifying so far. Simone Zaza, who has, it uh, didn't work out for him in England, but he has a lot of experience and he's played for some good clubs. So it's a real test, this for, for Wolves, because there's some real quality in that Sereno side. And Mazzari said, having watched the Wolves against Manchester United, he believes that if his team plays as well as they can over the two legs, they will go through.
2: Tickets, please. Tickets. Talk about whether we like can't be sport, politics, religion, nothing yeah. Eight seven one.
6: Hello.
2: Yeah, who's that? Oh, Steve from Somerset. Hello, Steve. Hey, what's going on? You tell us, Steve from Somerset. Well, I want to talk about. I want to talk about Geoffrey Archer. Really? Oh, you excellent. Hold on, hold on. You might have said Geoffrey Archer. No, he didn't. He hold didn't. on, hold on. No, Did you say Geoffrey Joffre. Archer? Joffrey. No. No, no. Hold on, let me just Did you say Jeffrey? You can't talk sport. Say Jeffrey. No, 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 Jeffrey. Well, we're not going to talk about it then, are we? Joff It's Jeff- oh. Jeff- with people. No sport, politics, yeah. religion, yeah. and no kids. That makes you serious. That's it for another wonderful Talk Sport Daily podcast. A quick reminder that later on tonight on Talksport Sport 2 you can listen for two hours about cricket and if you're still awake you can hear live commentary of Torino against Wolves and then make sure you head over to the main channel Talk Sport 1 for Andy Goldstein Sports Bar with me Andy Goldstein and that fellow over there with a massive head from 10pm uh, thanks as always for taking the time to download it remember to press subscribe so you get it free in your inbox every morning you know the drill and if you don't well there's something wrong with you and I suggest you seek medical help Um, Thanks as always. Have a wonderful day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a
5: podcast from Talk Sport.